Hi, my name is Janelle Harris, and I am excited to share my story today on Conversation with Pearl. This is Pearl Sorenzo, Women Successful Living, and I am so excited to bring you another episode of Conversations with Pearl. And I have a special guest who's actually become a dear friend to me, and she's doing some amazing things here in my Tampa Bay area, but across the country, all over the world. I'm so excited to have you meet Janelle Harris. She is the powerhouse founder, CEO of She Exists and He Exists magazines. She is a at the top of the list of global business influencers. And I want you to know that Janelle Harris is a professional marketer and managing guru. Oh my gosh, she just gave me some really great nuggets before we got on today. With a vast experience turning small businesses into a multi-level Fortune 500 business. Over the last 15 years, her office has grown from a small part-time office to a multi-doctor practice. So just know that over this growth, she has also demonstrated excellent organizational and interpersonal skills to develop office staff and improve infrastructure within a business. And knowing she once started with a small office, she took her small office to over 5000 per week, you guys. Now, that is something every business should want to learn and how to increase their profits. So you see, she believes in progress. If you can see it, believe it, then you can make it happen. So forming a company called She Exists, along with her colleagues, Mr. G. Mitchell, she had to make sure to acknowledge individuals within the community for their hard work and dedication to their city. She has started a freelance for Sheen Magazine, a local company here in Tampa, Florida. And later, she emerged into her own magazine co- company called She Exists. As an experienced known networking queen, which she is the queen of networking, she interviewed many celebrities from Shirley Murdoch, Will Downing, DJ Kim Lee, Iconic award winner Jody Watley. I love that Jody Watley. Global artist mm-hmm. Titus Showers and Glam House Jamie Ziegler. So throughout the pandemic, Janelle has awarded rewarded over 200. Listen, you guys, she's rewarded over 248 recipients from her She Exists Global Virtual Awards. And she continues to recognize those that make a difference through social media. She's known to hold leadership conferences in various cities to continue making her mark of excellence on society. She has worked in several media angles and she has partnered with over 809 media to cover several press releases. So she also covers consistently New York Fashion Week, the Oscars, Expos, and more. And I'm so excited because her She Exists Magazine organization is a magazine to be reckoned with as they expanded its territories to neighboring countries, such as they're now hitting Belgium, Italy, India, and Australia. I am so excited to have my friend Janelle Harris with us today. How are you today? Hey, oh my goodness, you're so beautiful. And thank you so much for having me. Thank you. You're welcome. And talk about beauty. You're just as beautiful as everybody too. And I just love your spirit. You've just been such a blessing in my life. And I want the listeners to learn about you. So tell us, Janelle, take us back before all this exciting things were happening when you were that small business just starting out and walk us through what life was like for you back then. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Take me back to memory lane. Um, Believe it or not, sometimes I wish I can go back. 
um, because it was the the, big, the early beginnings of me. But, um, you know, people say, send your bio. And I always want to start with those beginnings because those beginnings is what made me who who I am, you know? Um, so being that office manager in that small town called Fredericksburg, and just being everywhere in the community, chambers of commerce, and just just getting to know the elders was my comfort zone. And that just equipped me to build relationships, groom myself, teach professionals how to market themselves. Because, you know, doctors, they just want to do the job. They're the doctors. They tell you what to do, prescribe your prescription and go home. Well, when they had me as their office manager, I showed them that we need to have some bedside manner, you know, and smooth and love on them. And not saying that they didn't love their patients, but they had so much patience. It was, you know, let's go. So I kind of taught them how to build that relationship while they were seeing their patients. And then soon you know it, Pearl, they did it like clockwork that now you can even get the patient out the room. <laughs> so uh, building relationships is key. And that has groomed and helped me to become the She Exists magazine publisher. And I love that because it's so true, like building relationships, not just, you know, if you think about it, it starts when we're younger. How do we build those relationships for our friendships and, and those connections? And then as you get in business, you do, you have to, I love how you were describing the doctor. You have to build that relationship because, you know, I don't want to feel just like another patient walking the door. And I can tell you what doctors made me feel like I was not just a number walking the door. And I know that's because they were building those relationships. And I think it's a great reminder that for the listeners that, you know, building relationships and establishing those relationships, especially if you're, you know, an entrepreneur just starting out, or even if you're, you know, an existing business and, you know, always look back. Would you agree? Like looking back and reevaluating, how are we building relationships? How are we connecting to our customers we already have? Right. And so I I know that you're doing that now with the magazine, like walk us through, like, where did the magazine birth? Like, how did that birth for you? So um, I was always in the industry because I'm from New York. So when you're talking about fashion, the city, um, I was always the one to really just dress for coats and heels. But that was just me. Um, But I had a lot of connections because I used to go get my hair done. I was around celebrities when they weren't celebrities, if that makes sense. So leaving New York at a young age, going to the corporate world, I left everything behind. But I was a promoter in the club setting. So what that would look like is I would bring everybody together. We'll have these major parties, right? Whether they were transit parties, they were um, precinct parties, you know, CEOs, I mean, very professional parties. And we would do over a thousand people in the building, right? So that's what taught me network marketing. Um, But I say that to say, having the same mindset for marketing is no different from having it as a publisher. You just have to understand how you're networking, how you want to bring everything together. So I'm able to use the same principles that apply into the industry 
into the corporate setting and now into a publication. That's crazy, isn't that, Pearl? That is wild. And it's it's like a lot of moving pieces too. You know, like you're you're building relationships and, and you're building, you know, all these pieces. And I remember when you were launching and we were gonna do an event and you had to push the event off a little bit because you got this great new contract too. And you're like, okay, so you what you you gave me that example that I love to share with my clients and that is that set your priorities, set your boundaries. So you knew this is a great thing, but if I try to do this and this, I'm not going to do it successfully. So let me move one so it can be successful. And I think that's a great lesson. Would you agree? Like evaluating all the time what's happening around you to know where to move your parts. Wow. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Pearl. Thank you for that. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And I I love, you know, I've been watching you. I, I mean, we got connected over a year ago and I've been watching you on all this great thing. And I remember when you guys listening. So Janelle calls me. It was like early July. She's like, Hey, do you got a minute to talk? I'm like, sure. And I hopped on the phone. She's like, you know, I want to do this article on you. And you know, all, she was honoring me with this great opportunity. I'm like, okay, sounds good. What do you want me to pay? And Janelle's like, I don't want you to pay anything. It's I'm honoring you. And I was like, what? Most people, because you know, people don't realize in this, you know, when they're reaching out to you, it's like, they want you to pay for everything. And it's, to give back is so important. And I was honored that, you know, I, I, and then you told me, I'm putting you on the magazine cover. I'm like, Oh, what, what? Okay. It was like, it was just such a, you know, a, a great honor. And I love that you are empowering women. And now she exists is also doing, he exists. So you're doing that. Yes. I just, I think that's so amazing. And, you know, how do you identify those that you want to be part of this, magazine and and how do you what's what's some of the things that you look at go oh that person would be great for this so um and that's a very great question pearl because i was watching you probably before you even knew who i was right and i because we have so many friends connected so what it does social media kind of kicks on timeline so what what stuck out were, I think it was you and Michelle Mraz, you guys had um, the ultimate speaker. And then I saw you shift gears and then you did this next launch. And then now you did another uh, retreat, right? And I said, wow. So that stood out to me because you were in the network marketing, but also I saw the comments. So when I see that, see the traction, but I also saw the lives that you were impacting. That tells me that you are, she exists. So now I do reach out to you and I do say no charge because you're doing things that that I'm doing. You know what I mean? So for instance, who's going to take the time to honor you, right? So in the process of me reaching out to you, we're building that relationship. And then now when you do grace that cover, you really understand what that she exists moment feels like because it's a story behind that cover. And I and I love that. And I know, you know, that it's something that you don't honor all the time with the free cover. I just want to clarify that too. It's Correct. Not, Absolutely. No, it's not <laughs> that's free true. Because it, there is a fee. But what I love, one of the things in, in watching you and and that's you mentioned in my social media, that's really important to me because I don't, I don't like to be involved in like people get political and all this crazy stuff. It's not who I am. I want to be 
authentic. I don't want to be mixed up in all this, you know, other stuff. I want to work on me and who I can empower because I can't do too much for all the other noise happening, but I know what I can do in my small circle. Right. And so I've been watching you and doing this and like, I'm like, okay, when's your next event? I want to be there because I, you know, even this last one, what a couple of weeks ago when we were there, you guys, like the people that Janelle brings in the room are so amazing and empowering. And they're like, they want to get to know you. I mean, how many times you go to a network event? People just want, here's my card. Here's my card. Here's my card. Yeah, right? network. Yes. And they want to sell you, but they don't want to get to know you. And I see that's what you're doing. The people you are bringing in the room genuinely want to uplift each other and support and acknowledge what they're doing. And I, I know that's not easy to bring those people together. And I just love that you're doing that. I think we need more Janelle's out in the world to do those things because we need more of that happening. Would you agree? Wow. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Pearl. It's, it's needed because I, I honestly know what rejection feels like and um, living in society, you have to have a safe space because then what do you have? So you have to build your own table, right? My girl, my girlfriend calls it, who are your balcony people? My yeah. friend Lisa Point, she's like, who's your balcony people? Who is that on that balcony that you know will have your back, support you and uplift you? And that's so powerful to, to know who those people are. And I was talking earlier um, on another podcast with Dr. Shelley. We were talking about sometimes those people are seasoned too. Sometimes they're not meant to be in your life all the time, you know? And so that brings me to the next question is, can you, where was there a time in your life when you bring these people together and you had to say, you know what, our season's done, our boundary's done. And how did you, how did you handle that? Well, so, and, and that's, Wow, such spot on, Pearl, because for me, she exists, builds leaders, or it's really designed for a bunch of leaders to be a resource for one another. So for instance, I meet so many people, Pearl, and I'll send these emails. Sometimes I don't pair people up with me because I know I'm not the right fit, but I pair them up. And that's the reality of she exists. It's like she exists with no strings attached. You know what I mean? So it's like you don't have to stay in this pod and feel, oh, I can't walk away. No, it's here to eat, to share, hopefully give back at the table. But it's 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 temporarily their seasons. I mean, people come and go. People just email me just because they need something, you know, and if I have it to supply it, that's what it's for. Absolutely. I, I tell people I don't want you to come and pay rent in my house because it's not for you to stay. I love that. Don't come pay rent in my house. It's not for you to stay. <laughs> I like that. And that's so true because, you know, there are different times. And I love what you said about some people should be connected to others and because sometimes not the right fit. One thing I learned early on in social media was um, I, there was a post about somebody wanted to know about an insurance. Hey, can you refer an insurance person? Well, I knew the person asking the question and I know three different insurance people. Right. And so I was like, 
oh, this one wouldn't be good for this person asking, right? So the, I sent it to the one. Now, I did this publicly. I put it in there. Hey, go go reach out to so-and-so. The person who I knew would not be the right fit for that person messages me and my messenger is like, why didn't you refer me? I can't believe you didn't refer me. And the thing is, the person I referred is in our, was in our chamber together with us. And I was like, man, why? first of all, why are you attacking me in my inbox? But let me just explain. They weren't the right fit for you. So I, why would I refer a customer that's not going to be a good fit for you? You know, I, I'm not the, always the right coach for everybody. And that's okay, you know. And sometimes I refer my clients out to other people, you know. And so you're right. It's like you got to make sure you've got the right fit for people. So I just love that you're sharing that. So I want to know, what are you doing because you know me, I'm all about self-care and balance. So, and you you were asking me some questions before I came on about how I was doing. What are you doing to quiet yourself and make sure you're taking care of you? Um, I, I cannot lie. Um, I, I work till I get tired and I'm learning that I cannot do that. So I'm learning that self-care is a must. It's a must. It really is because we can get so busy and it gets crazy. And, you know, we have to take that. Even if it's 15 minutes, Janelle, just to sit outside in the front yes. porch somewhere, right? <laughs> That's self-care. That's self-care. You'll have to you'll have to listen to an episode we did earlier. It was a pretty funny episode on self-care. It was, it was hilarious. But all right. So, Janelle, one thing I don't know about you is about your family. I met your amazing husband. So tell us about your children. Yeah, so my son's 25 and my daughter is 16, going on 17. Um, having a boy and a girl is very difficult because they're so far apart in age. However, being a mom doesn't come with a manual. Um, I was a single parent initially with my son, and um, I don't have any siblings of my own. So having a mom that was very uh, just isolated and just kind of old modern. She didn't teach me a lot of mother lessons. So I didn't have a manual. So it was rough and difficult, but I do enjoy being a mother to the point of showing them life lessons and helping them with what they need to know. You know, I love my kids to death. Uh, I'm a little different. I'm stern. I'm strict. Um, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm not the, the mom that they, they can just chill with. So it's a difficult situation. Just being honest, it's very difficult being a mom having older kids. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I totally get when you're saying I'm, I'm very strict. That's me. I'm this I'm the strict one in the family. My husband's like, oh, let him just go do it. You know? Yeah. I, I, it just yeah. cracked me up. I remember Matthew, our oldest one, when he turned, I think it was 16 or 17, I remember saying to him, um, you know, okay, you can, I think my husband's like, we'll give him a curfew till midnight or something like that. And I was like, midnight, what are you talking about midnight? It's, it's like, nothing happens good after 11 o'clock. It it, it can be 11 o'clock. Well, then all of a sudden he shows up and it's his first night of being out. And I'm like, where is Matthew? Midnight. Right. My husband's like, we told him 1 a.m. I'm like, I would have never agreed at 1 a.m. What are you talking about? It's like, it's like I had this battle. So, and it was funny because my kids knew mom's going to be strict. 
she's going to lay down the hammer, but come talk to yeah. dad and he'll be the middle one that says, okay. And it was so funny because we had an exchange student from Finland and we have two boys. And so we got a, a female and I was like, oh, this will be fun. I'm, in my head, I'm going, we're going to get our nails done. Hair. She, right, right. I, I couldn't deal. And she did something we had to give her, you know, restriction on. And she blew it out of proportion, calling her parents in Finland, just this whole chaos. And I was like, if you'd come out, we could never get her out of her room. And I finally said to her parents, I go, if she would be immersed in what we do, she would have learned. I'm the tough one. Chuck's a little laid back one. Meet us in the middle somewhere. Right. But she right. Right. Yeah. My kids used to call me the drill sergeant when they were young. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you, you never and, and I feel, too, you know, like my daughter, you're you're a bad mom. So I feel that I'm doing the right thing because I'm uh, not going to let you do things and get accustomed and you think it's okay. You know, right. I love, I love that. I, I, what you said too, we know we're doing the right thing. We're being told, but you're such a bad mom. <laughs> right. I right. love that. Yeah. That's, that's so awesome. So tell me about your husband. Cause he's such a sweetheart. He is so supportive of you, which I think women that's so important in relationships is to have somebody that supports our dreams, whether you're the wife or husband or whatever it is like that being supportive of one of one of those dreams. Tell me about him and uh, uh, how that support is for you. Well, I know he's one of the reasons that she exists started because, um, you know, 11 years of marriage, of course, you have some bumps in the road. But um, after he realized how consistent I was and he saw. So I would go to sleep with the laptop in my hand. You know, I would make these trips. So I think he had like not no choice, but then he believed because I believed. Um, And then I would run a lot of things by him, you know. So and then 90 percent of my policies and procedures, believe it or not, and he may not know it, it comes from him. Because he's very smart, very knowledgeable, articulate, intellect. And um, he has a lot of principles about um, just being a business leader. And I would apply it. A lot of times people listen to things, but they don't apply it. But I apply the things that he does talk about because he, he, he reads all the time. I don't read, you know, he's always eyes and ears is to the streets is to the news. So he keeps up with everything, Pearl, everything. So it gives him a lot of wisdom. So now when he's like, just running things back, I start applying it. <laughs> That's so fun. I love that. that you know, and he, him and you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> him and my husband sound a lot alike because, like, it was funny the other day. Like, my husband would be like, okay, "What about this? You need to think about that. What? Try this." And about about two months ago, Chuck's like, "I finally get what you're doing. I finally understand your path." I'm like, "What do you mean? Where you been all my life? What do you mean you understand my? <laughs> Where you been hiding at?" <laughs> so it's really it's fun to have that support. I, I think that's awesome. So tell us where, what's next? Like she exists, you're working on next year's editions um, and you're also doing something, something new. I know Sabrina and you and I've told you, let me know what I can do to help something around a fashion show. Oh yeah. So yeah, I will be doing a lot of New York fashion weeks. So we did partner up here in um, Florida, but I'm going to make my first move in New York. 
uh, just because there's a lot of opportunities, a lot of doors. Um, just so much has happened in the past year. And New York's my home. And a lot of people are requesting that I bring it home first before I land it elsewhere, just of the fact of let's get the uniform going. Um, but what I am working with and working with who is Columbia University. You know, I'll have some students that's going to be some interns through media, through makeup, through journalism, you know, all the different departments. And I'm excited because that's something that I always wanted to be involved. Um, so there's a lot of moving pieces. Um, we're not doing a lot of political things. Um, more just putting differences aside and listening to a new language of collaboration, empower and inspiring. So um, we have a little bit of everything, you know, but just bringing all the moving pieces together and seeing it unfold is really inspiring for me. I love what you said that collaborating and inspiring, you know, and I think that's so important in our world right now. I think to, for me, I feel like that's the way we can move forward. How can we collaborate? How can we learn from one another? And how can we inspire others? And I think that's so, I love that you're doing it with like the young adults. I think that's so amazing. And I, of course, I yes. love Columbia University. So that's even better. Yes. But I just, yes. I think we, and we need more of our generation reaching out to the younger generation and be like, come on, let's bring you along. Let's teach you. Let's empower you. Cause you know, they've got so much going on. I mean, they've come through COVID and just so many different life things changing and everything. And, um, uh, you know, I, I don't want to get political, but I watched an interview yesterday with one of the, um, men, the soccer players from our men's team, amazing young African man, gentleman, and his parents are are mixed. One's black, one's white. And the the person interviewing was asked, trying to like pull in like race, right? And his yeah. response was so powerful, where he talked about every country has something that they work through and deal with, and we have to learn from those. Like his, it was so eloquent how he talked about learning from what we all face that are different. And, and I thought how powerful this young man was and how smart he was because he could have gone a whole different way, but he yeah. looked at that as an opportunity, like you were saying, collaborating, inspiring, like how do we collaborate as a country and as a, you know, a world to inspire others to. Not yes, absolutely. It was so Big, powerful. Huge. Yeah. Huge. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and I think because of, you know, everybody sees the world different. Some see it black and white. Some people see it democratic, Republican, and, and that's their will and their right. But we have to start changing the, the language, you know, yeah. because it's not me versus you. It's we live in this society together. You right. know? What to do to make it make it work? Yeah, it's, it's really empowering. And so I love that what you're doing. I love the magazine. I love everything you're everything you have planned. I mean, I know you and I've talked. There's so many great things coming and I know we're going to get you on other platforms with us. But I just think it's so powerful. And you've been a blessing to me because, you know, as everybody knows, I lost my son in July and you've been, you and your husband have been a true blessing and checking on me. How am I doing? Yes, you know, I just got course. over COVID last week and you're just like, it's first thing you said to me, are you resting? You're taking care of yourself. <laughs> and here you are with all this going on. You're, you still are checking on others. And I, that's what I love about you. And 
That's why the magazine She Exists is such a huge success. And I just see so many more powerful things coming for you. And I'm just glad I got you for about 45 minutes out of the day to sit with us. It was long overdue. I know. know I know. Yes. So so now one thing we do before we're going to let you go, and I don't think I warned you about this ahead of time, so I apologize. But we have these cards are called Better Questions, Better Life. And so I'm going to shuffle them. You're going to tell me when to stop. And then I'm going to have you re- answer the question. Okay. So here we okay. go. Okay. When to stop. Stop. Okay. So Janelle's question. Oh, you got a blank card. So I'm going to get the one underneath. <laughs> Actually, this one is blank on purpose. So, yeah. um, so I would love, let me think of something. So when you think about experiencing the journey of possibilities, what's the first thing that pops in your mind? Ooh, um, that is so huge because for me, everything is, is possible, right? And I'm a person, and, and this is the best way I can explain it. Like if there's stairs, I don't want to walk down the stairs. If I was to see stairs and I was to see a hill, I would jump off that hill and not walk down the stairs because my faith is so big. So like the possibilities are endless, but there's something that I really, really want to do and it's build a legacy. And sometimes I feel like it's impossible because it's so much challenges, if that makes sense. So I would say legacy, my legacy. I, I love that. And I get that visual of don't take the stairs, go down the yeah. hill because you don't know what, you know, it's also like, I always like to share when I'm coaching women about, you know, we rush up the hill to get to our goals. Like we're going, 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 going. And I'm like, how about you stop and have a picnic on the scenic route on the way right. up? Like, you know, <laughs> right, right, down right. And be like, what's working, what's not working, let go of what's not working and move forward. And then when you get to the top of the hill, mm-hmm. we always know you got to come down, right? But nobody says yeah. you have to roll down the hill and, and have it be a, an obstacle. What if you just take your time going down the hill and reevaluate as where you're going next? You know, and I just love yeah. that you said legacy. It's so, so powerful. So I'm so excited you've been here with us. And so for those that are listening, it, how do they find Miss Janelle? And how do they, I know they can get a digital copy of the magazine, too. So share that with everybody. Yes. Um, so right now um, we're moving into our holiday, holiday, Hollywood, gospel edition. And it's just really giving thanks and gratitude. So that magazine will be out um, in the next few days. Uh, they can purchase it's for $7.99, And if you reach out to Pearl, you could just ask for me. But, you know, if anybody wants to find out who I am, they need to know who Pearl is. <laughs> I love that. So I'm, I'm just want to remind everybody that you can reach out to me and we're also going to put all the links for the magazine when we share the podcast. And I just want to remind everybody too, that Sunday evenings from eight to 9 PM, we have our Shiro league. It's a community of women unrecorded zoom meeting where we just get together. We support each other. We find joy together. We work through self care. We also work through challenges and we just have a great time. Once a month, we have a meditation and then we also have an open house once a month. So if you want to come check us out, just 
email me at pearl at wsliving.com and I will get you all the details. And so as we close out the show, I want to remind everybody that we come into this world, this little rough oyster on the outside, but on the inside, you have this beautiful pearl. And I hope you all go find your inner pearl of greatness. Have a great day. Hi, this is Pearl Sharunza with Women's Successful Living, and welcome to another conversation with Pearl. And today I'm going to start out, it's just going to be me. And I want to start out with a little bit about what I do. First of all, I love that you guys come and you join us all the time for these episodes. And really, self-care is a passion of mine. And so I'm a mental fitness life coach. And I'm a life coach because I know and I learned early on when I struggled with putting myself first. I always was thinking I had to take care of my family first, do all the things for my kids, help my friends out. And I learned that it wasn't serving me. It really, I wasn't happy. I didn't have any dreams and goals I wanted to do. You know, I married young at 19 years old. And so I never really took the time to be who Pearl was or to find out who Pearl was. And many years ago, I took an identity and destiny course. And during that course, at the end of six weeks, we had to give our I am statement. And so when I did my I am statement, my friend that I met in the course called me out and said, I don't still see you, Pearl. Like, where is Pearl? I hear you talk about your kids, your your spouse. And I hear you talk about your older son, but what about your younger son, Nate? So I had to take a step back and really think about who am I and what did I want to do? I just sat through six weeks of a course that I couldn't figure out. So I'm an example of it doesn't happen always in six weeks. It can take a little longer. So I decided that was in 2015 that when my son, Matthew, went off to college, it was time to figure out who Pearl was. And in doing so, I found that I always grew up wanting to be a teacher, but I never pursued it. But I also love to see women do things for themselves because I started to learn as I found myself that I was a people pleaser. I was saying yes to everybody else, but not to me. And I wasn't taking time to do the things I love to do or just sit quietly and learn to meditate. I was always on to go, on to go, on to go. Does that sound like you? You're completely doing things for others. You're always on the go. You barely have time to take a bath, let alone a shower, you know? And so you, when was the last time you read a great book that you love to read, right? So as I started to realize that I need to start doing something for me or when I leave, what is, what's my family going to say about me? Truly, like, are they going to stand up in my eulogy and say, oh, she helped everybody else, but she never did anything for me or she helped everybody else and she never did anything for herself, right? So I wanted to change that. I wanted to change my legacy. And so that's why I became a mental fitness life coach. And it's also led me to become a speaker and an author to share my stories about what I did in that journey to find myself. And so through that journey, you know, I really realized our mind is our best friend, right? It can be also our worst enemy. You know, we often can tell ourselves, well, if I don't say yes to them, may not like me anymore, right? We say, we say yes so excitedly, but we're so scared to say no. We don't know how to say no, or we're afraid they're not going to like us, or they're going to think that we're selfish, right? And so today I just want to talk with you a little bit about that. I want to share on some things that we can do to, to transition through some of the trauma of being a people pleaser or doing those things that don't serve us. So I want to first tell you a little bit about my family. You know, I talk about my family and one of the things I want you to know is that I have been with my husband for almost 40 years. I asked him to marry me when we were, I was just 19 years old. 
yes, I asked him to marry me. And of course he said yes. And I made him go buy me a ring afterwards. That's kind of funny, right? I think in today's age, a lot of the girls are buying the rings for their, their future husbands when they ask. But anyways, it was a new trend for me. We went on and for 10 years, we tried to have a family and we tried many in vitro. We tried different avenues of what that in vitro entails. And then we decided to try to adopt. But our adoption journey didn't start out really great. We were working with an, um, a religious entity and they were very more, we chose them because we knew they did all they could do to make sure the child could stay with anybody in the family. But in choosing them, they also in some ways was trying to like not look at how great and what the things our family can bring. So an example of that is um, they wanted to interview all your family. So my husband, and I lived in Virginia and in living in Virginia, we didn't have anybody there that could just go interview. So my mom and dad happened to be coming to visit us. And so I, I shared with them. And so they went to go interview with uh, my parents. So I dropped my parents off. I came back later, like hours later, they were with them for hours and hours and hours. So on the way home, my mom was like, Pearl, does, does Chuck have a drinking problem? And I'm like, what are you talking about? A drinking problem? And she's like, well, yeah, they kept asking us, you know, what our house is, what your house is like. And we told them we had a fridge in the basement and it had some beer in there. And then from then on, they just went on on about, about our drinking issue. And it's like, we, we barely would have our beer in our fridge was occasionally we'd have people come over. So that was one thing. And then the other thing was that, you know, we lose people in our lives and it's, it's traumatic. You know, my son, I'm sorry, my husband lost his biological father the day before he was born. And then my mom went on to raise him and met her, her second husband, which is my husband's, we call him his dad, because he raised our, my husband from a very young age. And then later on, my husband lost his brother at 12 years old from a bleeding ulcer, which was very traumatic for everybody, especially my mother-in-law. And so when I met her, she had a lot of challenges with the grief. And you know, as you, as you listen today, you'll understand part of why I'm bringing that up. And so when we were speaking with this agency, they talked about that with my husband. They kept telling my husband, you're not grieving, you're not grieving. So after that, and after working through what happened with my parents, Chuck and I decided to take a seat back. We said, you know what? We don't think we want to work with this agency. This is not the, the way we want to bring a child into our life. So we took a step back, but we told everybody we were looking to adopt. And um, unfortunately, in my, we lost my father-in-law in 1997 in June. And one month later, almost to the day, we got a phone call from my husband's old coworker that there's this beautiful baby who they were looking to place for adoption and an adoption people that had been picked up before had fallen through. So in two weeks with a picture via fax, because we didn't have all this fancy dancy phones we have now, we were on a journey to go pick up our oldest son, Matthew. And we gave him his name, Matthew, because we really felt like he was a gift of God for my father-in-law that when he got to heaven, he had a little talk with God and said, we were ready for a family. So Matthew came into our world. We were so excited. We were so happy. He's a, a bundle of joy. He was, a, a, I mean, I go to the grocery store. Everybody would be like, oh, he's so cute. He had this curly, curly of hair. And so after about two, two years, Chuck and I decided we were ready to try again. And so here we were adventuring out on infertility treatments and we found a great facility that we were working with. And so as we went through the process, we did our egg retrieval. And when that happened, we only had three eggs. 
And so they told us, you know, I, Chuck and I went home. We figured it's not going to work. We're going to adopt again. So they called us a few days later and they said, listen, you only had the three eggs, but we did a procedure that's called ICSI that we feel it will work. And here's the thing, you guys, that procedure is a lot of money and we didn't have it, but it was called Shady Grove Facility and Fertility, excuse me. And they believed in the, the sanctity of a family. So here we were, I had to go home, put my feet up for a few weeks, did that. And lo and behold, I was pregnant with our second son, Nate. And that was in 2000. And he is the polar opposite of his brother. His brother's athletic. His brother's outgoing. His brother, you know, is a little shy too. But Nate is very, um, I call him my old soul. He's very um, into politics. He loves history, but he also likes to make things. He loves game design and all that great stuff with engineering. And so we have two amazing, beautiful young men in our lives. But then... You know, they're growing up, life happens, and we're going to fast forward to last year. So last year in July, we, our, our oldest son, Matthew, turned 25. And about two weeks later, we got a phone call that, that from him, he had butt dialed us and that he was somewhere else he didn't know, wasn't sure what was going on, but he said he had my, didn't have my car. And the next thing we know, um, I just had this overwhelming feeling that something was wrong. And so the next day we hadn't heard from him in the morning and I found out my son passed away on the news. He had had a single car accident and the police didn't come to my door. And we're not going to talk too much about that right now because we're doing some investigation on that. But I want to tell you that was the hardest thing ever in the world to do and talk about trauma. You know, my husband had trauma from all the loss and here he was going to have trauma from the biggest loss nobody wants to face. And as I went through the processing and understanding what's happening and, you know, every, the, your world's crashing around you, we had an amazing, amazing community around us that pu- pulled together and did some fundraising to help us with his expenses of his funeral. But I sat there, my mother-in-law passed in 2016, but I sat there understanding how my mother-in-law felt. And I wanted to take some lessons from her on that. So, you know, we went through the funeral, we had the burial, we you know, everybody, everybody leaves you and then it's the quiet of the home. And so I want to talk to you about how I've been transitioning through the trauma. And the thing is, is that it's not the easiest thing in the world. Everybody grieves differently. And so, you know, I, everybody left about August. My mom stayed till about mid August and then September comes and I was supposed to, I'd gotten this phone call about this event and I had said yes through all the stuff that was happening with the funeral. I didn't really say no, what I said yes to. And then all of a sudden I was like the end of August, beginning of September, I was really like overwhelmed. I was like, what's happening? I don't know what's going on. I felt like I needed to get away. So I called my coach, Julie DeLuca Collins, and I said, I need to get away. This is like, everything is here. And I just, I can't think. So she's like, get up here. So I went up and saw her and spent some time with her and was able to process, work back in my business and focus. Then I remembered I had this award thing that was happening. And I went to Syracuse. And the cool thing is I had the city of Syracuse named after me. And so with that, I was like, okay, I'm going to go. Then September also was my annual retreats. If you listen to my podcast here, you know, we do a retreat every September. So I did my retreat and people were going, why are you doing these things? And I felt like I needed to do it because first of all, the retreat was already scheduled. I didn't want to count on everybody. And they would all understand if I did, but I needed that retreat for myself as well. 
So I did the retreat and then October comes and I kind of hit this fog. Like I felt like I was moving, but like I wasn't moving the way I wanted to move. Right. And so I started to realize that it was grief fog. And so as I went through that grief fog, I realized I really need to think about, am I being authentic about what has happened? Like, am I really accepting it? Am I ex- think I'm accepting it? I mean, I've got a great book I'm reading. It's called The Smile Method. I'll have it right here. It's called The Smile Method, and it's by Seth Elliott Santoro. And he talks about mock acceptance. And what he talks about is, you know, the mock acceptance is really, you know, we refuse to acknowledge, you know, the unacceptable truth. I didn't want to acknowledge that Matt had passed. I still thought, oh, he's going to pull through the driveway and come in the house. I still felt that. So as I realized I was walking through mock acceptance and I was in this grief fog, I knew I needed to do something to change it. So I started to journal and I started to remember that I coach you amazing women on putting your self-care first. And so I had to start putting my cape on first because I realized I wasn't truly doing that. I think I was kind of like with that fog going through the motions of doing it, but I really wasn't doing it. So I put my cape on first. I went back to my basics of what I teach in coaching. Um, And I want to tell you this is that I have had many clients come to me and they say, you know, I was working with this coach and they told me they did everything like they've taught me, but I ran in or I saw them do this and I, they're always perfect. Is life really perfect when you're a coach? I want to tell you, no, we as coaches, we have everyday challenges that come to our way. And if you have a coach that tells you they're doing everything exactly they're teaching you and coaching you on, I want you to fire them and find somebody else. Because here's the thing. If I didn't share with you truly how I feel like I'm doing right now, and I, if you follow me on Facebook and TikTok, you see that I share my, my journey, I wouldn't be authentic, right? And so I tapped back in. I took a step back and tapped myself back in October, November, and December of last year about, am I really accepting it? And so, you know, there's, I want to talk to you about voices, like, and how we sabotage myself. And so as I was realizing that I really wasn't accepting it, I started to journal again. I'm just starting to meditate now. I think I didn't really wasn't meditating because I was afraid if Matt would show up in my meditation, how I would respond. So, you know, and I also had voices in my head going, well, you still have to get up and do these things. You, I kind of went back to my people pleasing stage, right? So I had to get back and take a step back. And I named my, my saboteur, I named her Betsy. And I tell Betsy, we're not doing this anymore. We got to move forward. Because here's the thing. We self-sabotage ourselves with the, depending on what you are. So whether you're a people pleaser, you're, high, you're a high risk, ta- you're a risk taker, or whatever it is for you. And I'm going to share with you a link to go find out who you are. But those are the voices of saboteurs that, you know, they hold ne- you know they generate that negative thought in our head right um they that the, those are the emotions that ha- that like really handle our everyday challenges like they affect our everyday challenges that we have and they represent to us that automatic pattern of how we respond how do we respond to it right and most importantly is they cause all the stress anxiety and self doubt that we you know that keep us restless and unhappy and so I want you to understand that that saboteur and the way we sabotage ourselves, it also affects our performance, our well-being, and most importantly, our relationships. So what did I do? I had to, like I said, go back into my self-care, go back to my journaling. 
but I really had to click back in about changing my mindset, right? So I had to transition at trauma. And your trauma may not have been that you lost somebody. You know, trauma could be maybe you were sexually abused. Maybe you had a job that went bad. It, your trauma could be anything. Whatever that trauma is to you, somebody said something to you that has affected you the rest of your life, right? We need to transition through that trauma. We need to address it. We need to talk about it. We need to acknowledge it, but we need to try to not let it saboteur our, our thoughts. And so one of the things I looked at it was I, I was sort of like looking at my my grief and everything. It's like this big lion, like he was taking control of everything, right? And And this lion... I had to do something about it, right? Because I didn't want the lion to have control and eat me up, eat up my, my, what do you want to say? Eat up my self-care, eat up my thoughts, like take me down a path, a rabbit hole. I didn't want to go back. So I wanted to get back to having my life and dealing with challenges as they were kittens, like being cool and, com- and calm about it. So I had to learn to release again go back to my toolbox of releasing what wasn't serving me because I was adding a lot of stress by not accepting that Matthew had lost, but I was also adding stress thinking that I had to go take care of everybody else that was losing Matthew too in our family. And I had to realize, and I've done that through Seth's book as well, that it's my journey and it's their journey and I can't control their journey and they can't control my journey. And so as I was doing this, you know, my stress level got a little bit high and we have to understand that stress can be, you know, life, it does, life becomes stressful. I mean, who wouldn't be, who wouldn't sit here and understand that losing a child is such a huge stress in our lives, right? So, but we have to also understand that that impact can pose serious challenges to our health. And it did. I was putting on weight that I did not want to put on, but I just was out of control because of the stress. So I've actually, you know, the the beginning of this year, I got, that was one of the other commitments I made to myself for the first quarter is to get my health back on track. And I'm happy to say I'm down 13 pounds by doing so. So kudos to me. But we need to understand that much of our stress is a result of habits as well that have negatively impacted our lives. So I want to share with you that when we can get that in control and we can understand the stress that's coming up in our lives. And we can understand when that saboteur is showing up. And like when Betsy shows up for me, I have a conversation with her depending on what's happening. But, you know, when we talk about the lion and the kitten, you know, I want you to think about this. You're out somewhere, you're in the wild and you're looking out and you see the silhouette of some kind of animal sitting on the horizon. You don't know if it's a lion or if it's just a kitten. What do you do? See, in life, we're uncertain about what to do when challenges come up. We're scared how to address them. We don't even know how to address them. Like with me, with fear and with the loss of my son, I was fearful of going down a rabbit hole of depression and not getting out of bed. And probably my friends and family would be like, hey, that's okay, we get it. But I didn't want to be in that hole of being there, of allowing that to happen because I was worried about the stress of it continuing on. So I had to change, you know, looking at the lion and the cat, it's all about perspective. So again, I had to change my perspective. I had to start focusing on the possibilities. You know, I can't change that Matt's gone, but I can change how I share the story of what I've gone through. I can change how I get up every day and look at my life and be thankful. Be thankful for my son, Matt Nate. Be thankful for my husband. Be thankful for all the family and friends that have supported us. Be thankful that God has got me. First and foremost, I'm certainly thankful to him. So if you think about it being in perspective, it really is about our mindset and reacting to the threats in our lives because that's what happens. 
we react. You know, when you find that it's a kitten, then you can feel cool. You're calm. You're happy. It's like, you know, a metaphoric lion. So here's what I get, what I give you. I'm going to give you some steps. First, I want you to think about this. How do you, how do you really get started? So we're at the beginning of the year. Everybody's talking about goals and visions and stuff like that. Yes. I want you to talk about your visions. I want you to think about that. But before you go make a vision board or I call them vision purses, whatever your, your vision is for this year, I want you to, we're going to do some things. We're going to talk about some of that. So first I want you to start fresh, right? If you feel like life has become predictable, you're unfulfilled, it's boring, make a change. Like turn your life upside down. If it's an opportunity to stand back and re- revise your current life, do it. Like what about your current life you want to change? And then turn it upside down and change it. The other thing is I want you to learn to practice to say yes. You know, we talk about saying no, but s- saying yes is, is like get out of the comfort zone of those everyday life that something's different, right? Do something different. So if somebody asks you to do something, you're like, and you really want to do it, but you're scared to do it, say yes. Push through the fear and just do it. Because you don't know what the outcome is going to be. It may, it may bring you like other doors open for you. And it may bring you opportunities that you've been waiting for, but you didn't know you need it. You know, I think about this. When was the last time you tried something new or challenging? When was the last time? So be open to new experiences because it's going to definitely change for the good. So if you're listening to me and you're at a desk, I want you to get out a piece of paper. But if you're driving, come back and listen to this again or think about this. I want you to make a what makes you happy list. Like really, have you ever sat down and ruminate about what makes you happy? What makes you sing? What brings you a spring in your step? Like have you ever thought about that? What makes your heart sing? I want you to make a list about what makes you happy. But on that list, I want you to talk about why does it make you happy? You know, we talk about we love our kids. My kids bring me joy. Great. My kids bring me joy too. Even though I birthed them and and some of the gods, we went through a lot to have Matthew. But really, why do they bring me joy? You know, Matthew brought me joy because he gave me the love of sports and he, he opened my eyes to other sports that maybe I didn't care for him to do, but I learned about him. Um, he brought me joy in that no matter what, what was happening with his game, he would sit with his dad and I would love to watch them have conversations about his games, win or lose, you know? So Nate, Nate, what brings me joy Nate is like the conversations we have. Like I've learned things about him, about history that I didn't know. So what brings you joy and why does it bring you joy? And then once you're done with that, I want you to think about this. We talk about a to-do list all the time. This year in 2023, I want to do this. I want to accomplish that, right? But what I want you to do is make a not-to-do list. Like once you start saying yes to things that feel good, practice saying no with a stop doing list. You know, there are some things you have no control over. Let's just admit that. You have no control over some things in your life, some energy journey tasks can eliminate you from your life, right? What can you take away from your life that's draining your energy? So I want you to make a list of those things. What can you release and and say no to? And then I'm going to offer you at the end of this this podcast today an opportunity to talk to me about that list that you're going to make. And then I want to talk about to you about decluttering. Like look around you right now. What do you have around you that's cluttering you? Is it scrolling on social media? I have that habit. I've gotten better with it. Is it your limiting beliefs? Is it bad lifestyle habits as well as that junk drawer in your kitchen, right? 
So when we downsized our house, I decided we work out how a junk drawer in our kitchen. We're more organized with everything. And then the other thing I want you to do is learn to say no to fear. You know, fear, fear is a liar. You hear me talk about that here all the time. It's the most empowering thing to get out of a rut is to walk away from fear. But fear stops you also from making, taking risk, big or small, that's going to lead you to amazing opportunities for yourself. It makes you afraid to try anything new, and it's going to hold you back from reaching what your true potential is. Listen, we all come into this world, as you've heard me say before, with talents and tools that God has put in you. But if you don't walk through fear and, and work on those and overcome the I'm not worthy, then I can't learn from you. But most importantly, you can't create and do these amazing things with the tools you have. So you're cheating yourself and you're cheating me. So walk through the fear. Now, I have clients ask me all the time, oh, that sounds great, Pearl, but like really, how do you turn your situations from a lion into a kitten? You know, it's not always easy. You're going to start with some things like what we've talked about today, but you're also going to assess exactly why you're afraid. Like, why are you afraid and whether there really is a good reason to be? Like, really, should you really be afraid to go out to a network group? Should you be afraid to meet in a mom's group? Like, really, are, why are you afraid of that? Likewise, you can also look at contingency plans and coping mechanisms. So as I said, I have had a journey the last six months of the loss of my son, Matthew. And I have reached back into my tools and my toolbox to help me get through that. And one of the things that I did is I went back and took a reassessment of my mental fitness. And it's, still, it's gotten better. And the people pleaser has jumped down. It's been amazing. But I want to encourage you to find out and assess where you are in your mental fitness. And so how can you do that? It's really easy. You can go to pearlssurvey.com. That's pearlssurvey.com backslash PQ quiz. So pearlssurvey.com. And that's two S's, P-E-A-R-L-S-S-U-R-V-E-Y.com backslash PQ quiz. So it's P like Paul. Q like queen, Q like queen, UIZ like zebra. Take that test. See how you're doing. See if you have a Betsy you need to name. And then let's talk about it. Because what you can do also is you can reach out to me at pearl at wsliving.com, which is my email. And let's review the test you take and see how we can help you change some of the things on the test and reduce those saboteurs that are saboteurs, sabotaging you, excuse me, and judging you and really help you with your mental fitness. And learn to say more things like yes to yourself and no to others. Learn to set boundaries around what you want to accomplish and say no to the things that is not bringing you joy. And so the last thing I want to do is remind you that I talk about here every week. We have this amazing community of women that we meet every Sunday evening from 8 to 9 p.m. And it's called the Shira League. It's every Sunday evening, Eastern time, again, 8 to 9 p.m., it's a group of women that gets together and we celebrate our joy. We talk about our self-care. We work on some of the things we've talked about here today. And we also support each other in our challenges that we have and our losses. They were amazing. A community helped me through the loss of my son. I don't think I could have got through this past six months without them. But at the same time, they're becoming sheroes of their self-care. They're learning to put their cape on first so they can be able to show up better in their life with their, for themselves for their family, their friends, and their professional career. So if you want to join us, you're certainly invited to come join us for a visit. It's at, again, Sundays, 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern time. 
And you can email me at pearlwsliving.com or you can just go to the Zoom meeting on Sunday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern. And when you want to join the meeting, just use the meeting ID 95937404329. Again, that's 95937404329. We would love for you to join us so that you become a shiro of yourself. And again, I just want to remind you that as you come into this world, you are this rough oyster on the outside, but on the inside, you are this amazing pearl. And I hope today this gives you a little bit of insight of my life and you can go find your inner pearl of greatness. Have a great day.